All right, everybody, cash call back again this week. Dale Archdeacon, Brian Curtis. We're doing some more call review, man. There are calls keep happening, conversations keep happening. And I don't know about you, Brian, but I feel like they continue to need our input, put in expertise. Hey, man, you know what I like to see, like the call that I, I've got today, um, it's more nuanced, the things that we're going to talk about. It's not, you know, the, I feel like we're making some improvements, the stuff that I felt like we were just kind of bashing people over the head with for six months. I feel like we've gotten, we've gotten that in and yeah. uh, we're seeing better quality in some areas. And so now we get to go from here to here instead of from here all the way down, you know, not even on my screen to try and be someplace. There's, it's much easier to close that smaller gap and get a little bit better. And by the way, that's what this market needs. You need some expertise. You need some, you need some sales skills in this market yeah. compared to say, I don't know, a year ago when you just needed a pulse. So yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I'm kind of excited about that. So I've got two calls from different trainees with my company. Patrick Donigan, <laughs> keep bashing uh, uh, Patrick Donigan says keep bashing us noobs nice Don Patrick wait a minute you have do you have Patrick's call recording to play Brian I don't have Patrick's call recorded Brian or Patrick that's so weird man you you have the best scripting and dialogue trainers on the planet earth right here in front of you <laughs> live prime time but we don't have any call recordings for me to play sir I feel like you should fix that okay He's going to get us one. He's going to work on fixing that. All right, good. Uh, so I have two students from my, my training company, Brian Hugo and Nick Johnson. I'm calling them out because um, my trainer, Lori, said Nick would be over the moon if we called him out and said that we we're going to play, be playing his call today. She All said right. he probably has everybody crowded around the, the radio machine to listen to us right now. Um, but I've got Brian it. Hugo, Nick Johnson that I'm going to be playing. And uh, with Brian, I'm really happy to, what I want, I want you listening for the kinds of questions that Brian asks, and I'm going to have some feedback about, you know, delivery, tone, pacing, but in terms of the kind of questions that he asks, and likewise with Nick, let's, everybody, I want everybody listening to their process that they go through, because you can hear the process, and it's, it comes from training with us, so let me play this over here. Share my sound. All right, we're going to start with this one. Hello, this is Hugo. Hi, Hugo. This is Brian with the DCL Real Estate Team. And I was giving you a call because you're on our home search site, Land Homes in Phoenix. And I was curious if you were looking to make a move or if you're just window shopping. So he did great at the intro script. The only part that he missed is he didn't match the guy's first word. Uh, he didn't match the guy's first word. Bro. Oh, you were going to say that, Brian? Yeah, I was literally typing that out so I'd remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I called it out. For everybody listening, that's just one of those things that we teach, match the first word. There's no reason not to match the first word. Uh, it gets you in a rapport faster. And it's this funny thing, Brian, it forces you to be active listening from the very first word. And that's what it's all about. Like, seriously, I love that. It's one of the reasons I keep pre preaching to people, know your scripts, because if I know my script on the front end, then I can listen. I'm not trying to figure out what I'm supposed to say. So you yeah. can't do two things at once, right? I can't try and remember my script and listen to what the person says at the same time. Don't work. Right, exactly. Uh, so we, we decided actually just to wait. We're going to wait about six months. Okay. Hopefully, the, hopefully the market actually crashes. <laughs> Not really what I want, but <laughs> for me, it will be the best thing. Okay. And when you so he said, we're going to wait about six months. We're waiting for the market to crash. 
or hoping that the market's going to crash, that would be the best thing for me. He gave us a lot of information, (laughs) gave us a lot of information, which I mean, you know, uh, listen, everybody listening, Brian, who are the people for whom a market crash or prices coming down would be, would be great for? There's not a lot of people, people with a truckload of money, people with money who want to invest in real estate. I mean, that right off the bat, every single investor that would be great for. I personally would like to buy some more rental properties also. I'd like a a nice little shiny five to eight unit building, you know, at a reasonable cap rate. Uh, So that would work really well for me if that happened. Um, But uh, not, there aren't too many other people. So anyway, just listen to what Brian does here into the face of a lot of information. I'm just establishing what kind of information we have because I'm going to come back and give advice on where to go instead of what Brian did. You say crashes, what do you... Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to go down, man. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to just like wait for six months, no matter what. Though, so. Uh, okay. So, what's important to you about the six month time frame? So, what I'm looking for, like, it's something that was like a. a I just gonna be straight out with you. Something was a mill, then I'm waiting for about four, five hundred. Now. Okay, so I, I just want to make sure I, I heard you right. So you're saying something that was worth a million you want to get for five or six hundred thousand? Is that what yes, you're that's what I'm looking for. All right. So the part that I want to applaud with Brian here is he's just following the line of questioning, right? Yeah. Now I I, I think that we could improve what he was doing, but you know, he said, okay, what you know, when you say market crash, what exactly do you mean? Uh, when do you think that's going to happen? What will you get out of that? You know, what's important to you about the market crashing? You know, he's doing really good discovery questions into the face Absolutely. of this. He's not arguing with the guy. He's not trying to change his mind. He's really trying to understand him, you know, and then he's like, oh, I want to buy a million dollar property for four or 500,000. Brian's still there with him. He's like, okay, I'm still just understanding you, dude. Um, so I want to celebrate the fact that Brian's really following the process there, which is great. Um, I do actually have, I like, I liked his six month question, but he never got an answer for it. What's the significance of six months for you? And he never got an answer for that. And I don't know if he comes back to it or not, but he might, because, you know, I would ask, I might ask this question after that guy made his ridiculous comment. So if I could find you a million dollar property today for $500,000, are you interested? Yeah. Yeah, I want to. And, and by the way, I don't have one and I don't think I'm going to find one because if I do, I'm going to buy it. But <laughs> I mean, if I find a million dollar property for half price right now that I don't want, do you want me to tell you about it? Right, exactly. Which is highly unlikely. But my point is, is that, you know, one the reason I would ask that question is I want to know, is this guy even have any are his objections just BS or is he just throwing stuff up? Because it feels like he's just throwing random shit up because of course everybody in the country wants to buy something at 50% off. I mean, come on. Right. Right. Um, what turns out is this guy's an investor has cash. He is only looking for deals. He's literally like has no other motivation to do anything unless some kind of deal comes across his plate. That's what happens now. Uh, the reason I pulled this call, I mean, that don't be misled when people, when I say that, I want to demonstrate this really great process that Brian's using of unpacking the guy, not uh, not objecting to him, not arguing with him, just really understanding the game. He's doing good. He really is. Yeah, he's doing good. Uh, I'm going to go on to Nick's call. Uh, let's go to Nick's. Hopefully Nick is listening. 
Hello. Hi, is this all right so nick needs a little more training around this nick didn't match her word and he asked if it was her so we always train you match the first word and you're always talking to the right person even if you're not yep. right it's always the right person i like to joke that uh telemarketers ask if it's you debt collectors know it's you and you have to prove it isn't right we're debt collectors <laughs> i know it's you i know it's you brian you can't lie to me yeah. Stop using a woman's uh, I, voice. I know it's you. I, I always say this. None of my friends, when I pick up the phone, ask if it's me. There you go, right? Yeah. If Dale calls me, I don't go, Dale doesn't go, is this Brian? <laughs> <laughs> no. He knows who he called because he has my phone number and we're friends. So, uh, Hi, is this mom? <laughs> I know exactly. It's and that's what we do when we ask that question. We prove that we do not have a standing relationship. Right, exactly. And the flips and the other part of that, Brian, that some people forget, Nick, you need to hear this, is if somebody calls me up and says, hey, Dale, hi, Dale, hello, Dale, what's going on, Dale? And, me, and I don't know who they are, immediately I'm like, uh-oh, I better figure out if you're important or not before I insult you or hang up on you. So I'll even add that, I'll even add it to another step. I have about 5,300 people saved in my phone. I promise you, I don't remember half of them. Probably, I probably don't remember a third of them. But if someone called me and the name was Bob and I see it on my phone, it says Bob. I'm like, hey, Bob, what's going on? Like, we're best <laughs> friends. I don't even know who Bob is, but I'm going to pretend like he's my best friend because yeah. maybe, hopefully, then I'm going to try and figure out who he is. And then hopefully I can remember and I can sell my house or something like that, you know. But of course, yeah, yeah, good point, man. But I think, you know, it's because we're professional salespeople, right? So that's true. We're, we're, we're always selling. Um, so just remember that, Nick. Uh, so we missed that part. Let's get back to just the, what happened in the intro here. Uh, who is this? And that's what we can do about Arkansas right now. I'm sorry? Who is this? Not considering Hi, this is, uh, hello, this is Nick with Thrive Real Estate Group. And I'm, the reason I'm calling is I just saw that you were uh, looking on the website. And I was just wondering if you're still looking to sell soon or were you just browsing I'm the just website? looking just to see what's okay. going on okay. with prices. Now, I don't know why Nick went to selling. So I don't know if Nick had notes on this person. Uh, because typically, if you're like, hey, you're on our website, looking at our website, that's typically somebody looking at purchasing, right? And then she said, oh, I'm just looking to see what's going on. So I don't know why he said selling. Right. And before you play that, I want, I want everyone to pay attention to what the, we'll call it a client, for lack of a better word. Listen to how her tone changed or, or think about how her tone... The very first thing was, I don't remember what he said, but it wasn't right. And she was like, huh, what? She was kind of irritated, frustrated. So he he took a step back, read the script. Hey, this is Nick with so-and-so. And she went, oh, okay. It's, <laughs> and she, she kind of made our point there. Like, if you want sales friction, do it the way Nick did the first time. If you want it to smooth out some, do it the way Nick did it the second time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of price drops right now. So it's kind of an interesting time. Are you, I can't remember, were you looking to sell or possibly? Or are you uh, well, I, about... I'm not doing anything right now. I pulled my house off the right. market, but I still like to look at prices and see. What... I'm not doing anything right now. I pulled my house off the market. How come? Okay. Now, what's that, Brian? <laughs> How come is going to be my next question. Better yeah. Well, that. 
Yeah, that's definitely one direction to go. Let's hear where Nick goes. What's I going for? Okay, cool. It's just so I that I can walk in the market in another year or so. I don't know yet. So she then she adds in, I might get into the market in another year or so, right? Or I think she said might put it back in the market in another year or so. Okay, okay, totally. And is there something that you specifically want to see just so I can? No, there's not something she specifically wants to see, Nick. Wrong, wrong, wrong question. What she just said was, I had my house on the market. Well, first of all, she said, I'm just looking salesperson who wants to sell me something, right? Hold my house off the market, not doing anything right now, might do something a year from now. And then he asks, is there something specific you want to see? So what she said is, I'm up here in the sales funnel with no concept of doing anything. And Nick says, hey, do you know what you'd like to do, right? No, she doesn't. That's the wrong direction to go. Yeah, it feels like this person is an expired or withdrawn. I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, so it turns out she is an expired. However, I believe she must be on their website looking at properties, and that's how Nick approached her. So Got I don't it. know if he saw a note about a previous listing or if it shows up in his system as also being an expired. But Justin, I, I, we'll finish listening to this portion but I just want to point out, you know, you talked about sales friction, like given everything we heard, that finite of a question of, is there something specific you want to see is the wrong thing to ask this woman who's already regarding us as a salesperson who wants to sell her something and she isn't ready for it. Yeah. And does he, is he going to do any discovery on why she took her house off the market? We're going to see. Okay. Specialized no, not really. I'm just looking. Okay. Okay. Totally. Well, um, I'll, I'll follow up in a couple of weeks. Would that be okay for you? Nope. He's just going to threaten her with another random sales call. Hey, Funny, we, I'll be we, outside we, your yeah. window in the tree about a month from now. Wave when you get changed. Yeah. I went a little creepy to be honest there. So I'm going <laughs> to keep talking, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was interesting. We literally had this on a role play this morning and somebody said, well, I'm going to call. I, is it okay if I call you in two weeks? I was the person who was playing the buyer seller. And I just said, no, no. <laughs> and here's why I did that. Because that's one of the options to the question. This is a yes, no question. 50% of the time you're getting no, no. And it's not going to be no. It's going to be is no, I'm good. You know, I'm not going to buy anything. You know, as a matter of fact, please don't follow up with me. Or, I'll follow up with you when yeah. I'm ready. And, or and, it's or it's going to be a yeah that's the other 50 percent of the no's yeah sure <laughs> so if you want to tell someone you're going to follow up with them tell them you're going to follow up with them hey dale i just follow up with people every once in a while i wanted to let you you know because things change in the market and it's changing in your situation so you know i look forward to talking with you in the future by the way do you have any questions before i let you go i want yeah. to say something as if it's a fact and it's not an option i'm going to do it no matter what doesn't mean yeah. you're going to take my call but i'm going to tell them hey i'm going to follow up with you in a couple of weeks or, or, or in a month. i actually just say i'm going to follow up with you i don't give them a time frame because if i say i'm going to follow up with you in two weeks they could say no follow up with me in six months but if you say i'm going to, i'll just follow up with you every once in a while as far as they know that's a week a month a year six years they don't know <laughs> Yeah, you know what I would have done here is when uh, she went through, I had my house in the market, took it off. I'm just looking, might put it back on in a year. And where Nick went to, oh, do you have something specific you want to see? 
I probably would have done the discovery you were talking about. I would have switched channels and said, hey, you mentioned that you had your home on the market. I'm really sorry to hear that it didn't sell. What happened? Yes. The switch channel there. Get off this, can I sell you something or show you something channel? Because she's already said no to it multiple times. Just switch and go present tense, right? Or even past tense. What happened with the property when you try to sell it? Yeah. And here's another thing you can do down that road too. So yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let me ask you this, because I do work with a lot of a lot of buyers is I know that you don't want to put your house back on the market. That's not what I'm asking. That being said, if I happen to have a person who was interested in your house, would you, you know, consider letting me show it? And I wouldn't start there. I would do the discovery first, but that's an additional question that you can ask because all you're doing is you're trying to crack the door open a little bit. Yeah. And you know, do I really want to go take somebody to somebody's house that's not on the market? I did a year ago today, not so much, but at least I'm building a relationship with them. I'm bringing them, theoretically bringing some value. Yeah, I wanna hear how this ends. So um, Nick just threatened to randomly call her. Um, probably not. I'd rather you, you know, like every three months cause I got a lot of stuff going okay. on. Here it is, okay. here it is. Okay, totally. Well, um, I'll, I'll follow up in a couple of weeks. Would that be okay for you? Um, probably not. I'd rather you, you know, like every three months, cause I got a lot of stuff going okay. on before Christmas. Okay. I won't be doing anything before Christmas. Yeah, totally get that. Yeah. Every three months is totally fine. Um, and, and it'll, I'll just, you know, just see how you're doing, see where things are. I'm not expecting you to buy anything. So, um, at least that was a little bit of a takeaway, but you know, um, again, man, like I know, I mean, I don't know per, I don't personally know Nick. Sounds like a really nice guy. Sounds like a really personable guy. Lori, his trainer, says he's awesome. Uh, I'm sure he is great. And I'm sure his mom loves him too. This lady doesn't know who he is. This lady doesn't want to hang out with you every couple of weeks and BS with you, right? We And in this call, we haven't established a reason why this complete stranger would want to hang out with cool Nick, you know? Uh, we just we need some of that. There needs to be some kind what of, what's she going to get out of a random Nick call, right? We, that hasn't been established yet. Yeah, and it's interesting, and I'll say this, the higher level the person is on the other end of the phone, the higher level the potential client is, the less likely they're going to want to sit around and have a conversation with you, because their time's more valuable. Right, yeah. If you, if you get the lonely cat lady on, on disability, she will definitely hang out with you every couple of weeks, and in fact, would prefer like a regularly scheduled weekly call, if you don't mind. Exactly. Um, Okay, well, I can't cool. lie to well, things until I sell, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. Lie to things until I sell, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. I can't make out what she said there. Did you get it? Yeah, I can't buy anything until I sell, so I'm not going to do anything soon. Got it. Okay. Oh, man. there's a, there's a We definitely need to have another conversation with her yeah uh cool well yeah no it's it's like i said it's a cool market to kind of look around and uh, if you do see something you like just reach out okay all right well dave thank you all right thank you bye-bye Bye-bye. you know what i would do i'd call her back and be like you know if, if you had the skill i'd call her back and be like hey listen i know you're not buying anything i know i took up a bunch of your time the other day out of the blue it occurred to me that you tried to get your home sold. It didn't work. And you said you can't do anything until it sells next time. I just want to find out what happened. And maybe I can give you some advice on how to make it happen when you go for it again so that you don't get stuck like you did before. I would just yep. blast into that, right? Like get back into the conversation, have those couple of key pieces. Those are the important things to talk about. She does not want to talk about what she's going to buy. She doesn't want to talk about you sending her properties. 
what you could get her to talk about is why her damn house didn't sell and how it's holding up her plans. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I don't like to talk about negative stuff, but a lot of people do. They want to talk about how their agent sucked and this didn't happen and this didn't happen. You can get them to tell you everything, you know? Oh, Dude, perfect. Can, I'll let you complain all the way to the closing table if that's what you want to do. My clients are very welcome to do that as well. As long as they <laughs> continue to work with me and, and right. sell houses, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, thanks cool. for sending those in, Nick and uh, Brian. Yeah, we appreciate that. We 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 bashed on you guys, but it's just it's all good fun. I promise. And, I, I don't yeah. I don't think we bashed on them. Um, Nick has a great yeah. great attitude, great uh, energy. Um, I think that if he listens to that, I would instruct Nick to be like, okay, Nick, go listen to that. I want you to listen for what value she was looking for from us, and what did we offer to her, and they were completely out of line. Yes. Um, yeah, completely. And, and it, you know, um, I'm going to answer a question real quick in the chat. Sorry, I got my brain on that question in the chat. So somebody said, how do you deal with these higher? Um, let me read. Oh, Sarah said, what is the right way to handle those higher dollar clients? Let me say this. I'm, I don't think you don't handle them any differently. I'm just saying, be aware of the fact that a higher dollar client is going to value their time and make sure you, you're valuing their time as well. And, and the reason I say it's no different, because if somebody makes $12 an hour or someone makes $1,200 an hour, I'm an efficiency guy. It's not a big difference for me. I'm efficient. I'm in, I'm out, I'm done. Mostly because I'm not that interested in the conversation, if I had to be honest, but so I don't need to have a, you know, it, it always it confuses me. I've got three or four people on my team and we look at their call time and you go through and they see a call for 41 minutes and another call for 38 minutes. And I'm like, I don't talk to my mom for 41 minutes on the phone. So I'm not going to talk to some random stranger for 41 minutes on the phone. So, but I would say just value their time and you should value everyone's time. I was just pointing out that you're less likely to get tolerance from somebody who makes $150, $200 an hour because they value their time. Like, don't call me and just have a good time if we're not friends. Like, if we're friends, that's different. You know, that's doing, by the way, call me after five o'clock and we'll be friends and we'll do friend stuff. But from eight to five, I'm working and I'm, I'm making money and I'm not interested in having a conversation that, that doesn't make me money. Yeah. yeah, I think it's also easy. To, it's also good to point out um, personality type. But, and I think that, I think that, um, I don't know, this is anecdotal. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it seems like higher, uh, higher uh, wage earners or business owners have a higher, have a, like a higher percentage of them are like drivers and, you know, kind oh, yeah. of, you know what I mean? Like they're those kind of personalities that are like, give it to me now, let's go. Like, you know, don't waste my time, stuff like you were talking about or are also very experienced at, deciding very quickly is this worth my time or is it not or what decision needs to be made here they're they're good at they're good trigger pullers uh, you know essentially like moving forward yeah when dale's talking disc there that, that high d personality is make a quick decision so if you don't make a quick decision you're, you're frustrating irritating me and i've got stuff to do so i don't care how the, the cake was made i just want to eat it <laughs> Nice. Being honest, I don't care. You bake the cake at three fifty. I don't care. How's it taste? So Tastes funny. good. Give me a bite. You know. That's so funny. Um, all right. Do we have time for your call? 
we're uh, I don't know. We've got uh, we've got four minutes left. I'm, I'm I'm voting we don't simply because my call is three minutes and, and ten seconds long, and okay. that's assuming we don't talk about it. So right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could save it for next time then. Uh, let's. Rafe wanted to say hi. Thanks, Rafe. Love you too, buddy. Uh, loves the he loves the calls and the training and um, probably my hair. It's okay, Rafe. I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to do some hair. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, any questions? We have any questions about that stuff? Yeah, buts, what ifs? We we haven't been fielding a lot of questions in the old podcast lately. We need a you know what we need is we need a production manager who can be like, hey, this is the format of your podcast. Damn it, go, go do it like this. Michael Miller, how would you deal with someone waiting, wanting to wait a year? Perfect. Well, I believe this is the Michael Miller that's been through some of our training. And so it is, there he is. He said it is that Michael Miller. So Michael, I think you should be able to answer this question for yourself, but for the sake of the audience, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, we first want to figure out what's important to them about waiting for a year. Yes. Asking for the benefit Oh, Michael's do. Thank you, Michael. Michael Thanks. put the question in there for the benefit yeah. of everyone else. Michael's like, no, he's no, our no. new production. This is for everybody else. He's our new production manager. He's our new <laughs> Good job, Michael. Are you looking for a job as a production manager? Yes. Uh, so you're going to find out why they're waiting a year without using the word why. What's important about waiting a year? How did you decide to wait a year? Uh, is there an advantage to waiting for a year? Right. Yeah. And What's the benefit yeah. to you waiting for a year? Yeah, exactly. And I'm only using the terminology waiting for a year if the person actually says, oh, hey, Brian, I'm waiting for a year. If they said, oh, you know, what? we're going to be buying in about a year, I wouldn't use the word waiting. I'd Me simply either. ask, got it. Hey, what's important about buying in a year? How did you decide yeah. to buy in a year? Is there an advantage to buying in a year? What's going to happen in a year from now, right? That's the way I would ask it. I don't use the word waiting because waiting isn't normally a positive thing. Yeah, and here's something that I've, I've been doing with people um, that I've been doing some coaching and training on. I'm, I'm doing my contrast. I'm calling it 2021 versus 2023. So, and I want everyone to think about this. If you guys listen to Cash Call, you probably heard me say this. And I apologize for being redundant, but I believe it was better to have already owned a home in 2021 at say a 5% interest rate than it was to try and buy a home in 2021. Why? Because I didn't have to compete against anybody. I didn't have to waive inspections. I didn't have to pay $50,000 over appraised value. I just simply got a better, got a better interest rate and paid less money, or maybe I switched to a fit, but I just got the benefit. So again, and this is something that we need to let people know what's the benefit of buying in 2023. I can do a home inspection. I don't have to waive this. I don't have to do non-refundable deposits. I don't have to do escalation clauses. I don't have to do appraisal gaps. You guys should know that stuff off the top of your head. And what's the disadvantage? Okay, the interest rate is higher. Let me ask you this. Is appraisal gap variable? No. Is Are these other things variables? No. You know what's a variable? Interest rate. Why do I say that? Because if and when the interest rates go down, you can go ahead and refi just like the people did in 2021 who really benefited from the interest rates dropping. Because between you and I, there's a whole bunch of people who did not benefit in 2021. Couldn't buy a house because they kept getting beaten out. Didn't have $50,000 in cash to pay over market value. There's a whole bunch of people who hated 2021. So we need to start getting people to understand this, that it's actually a good thing to buy in 2023 because 2022 is over as far as I'm concerned. It's a good thing. And, yeah. and 
it's an advantage. And is it better to own or is it better to not own? Well, when interest rates go down, here's another great script. Well, I believe that interest rates are going to go down because you guys are going to hear that. Great. So do you remember 2021? Yes, I remember 2021. How was that? It sucked. Okay. So when interest <laughs> rates go back down, do you think we're going to have a whole bunch of inventory and not, and not a lot of competition? No, we're going to have a whole bunch of competition. So once again, Mr. Buyer, would you rather own now and refire? Would you rather wait for the rate to drop and then compete and then waive inspections and do appraisal gaps and that kind of stuff? So, yep. Uh, Mike, I'm not even going to try to pronounce Mike's last name, a different Mike wrote into the chat and you just kind of addressed some of it. I just got this from my client. I think we'll start to look once the interest rates go down and things are more affordable. My condo is small, but so are the payments, thankfully. Ha ha. What would, you, what would be your take? And so Brian just gave you some of that, which is, hey, congrats, the rates go down. Well, and, and a lot more buyers let, in the market. Let me just have another honest conversation. If somebody has a property that they like at a 3% interest rate, you're not going to talk them out of selling it, not into selling it. It doesn't make sense. It's a right. bad, bad decision. So why is someone with a 3% interest rate going to move? Well, my wife just got pregnant. We're about to have twins. Um, my house is huge. My three kids just moved out last week. And now I've got a 4,000 square foot house for me and my wife. I mean, there's reasons for people to move, but they're not just going to randomly move because it feels right. like a fun thing to do right, right now. Right. So the people who works best for are people who are renters. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Mike, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time here. And normally my process would be to unpack this person with the small condo. And what I would tell you is that you want to go after their motivation to actually make a move. You want to, if, if the bullet wound is small apartment, you want to kind of stick your finger in the bullet wound and get them to talk about how small the apartment is and how great it would be to be in whatever big house they want. But I'll just give you a quick objection handler after you did that unpacking question and positioning. And it could sound something like, hey, Brian, you know, all that makes a lot of sense, man. Listen, I, I understand that your payment is really affordable right now, but right now there's not much competition among buyers because they're all scared and the interest rates are high. And if you want to make a move now, you have a lot of options when it comes to condos. So would it make more sense to potentially lock, you know, would it potentially make more sense to lock in? I didn't mean more options with condos. You have a lot more options with homes right now because of the lack of competition. Would it make more sense to lock in a place that was great for you guys where you don't have to compete and overbid like we used to, and then just refinance any kind of ugly rate you get later on if the rates do come down, which we don't know that they definitely will, right? So Mike, just go for that, man. If the answer is no, then they just don't have enough motivation to make a move right now. Yeah, and one of the things I also like to do is just do a little takeaway at the end. And let me say this, guys, I don't want you buying a house that you can't afford. That is not my objective. No. That does two things. First of all, it does a little bit of takeaway. Hey, I can afford anything I want. There's a little bit of that. And also they go, oh, all right, Brian's on my team. He doesn't want me doing something that's not in my best interest. And by right. the way, both of those things are true. Right, exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for investing wisely one half hour of your lives into Brian and Dale today. Good seeing everybody. everybody. See everybody next week. Bye. All right.